three. And we are live. Coming back at you. Genesis 27, right? 27. 27. 27. The big 2-7. I know. Back at you, baby. We're 27 chapters into this. And I am super stoked Mm -hmm. about every chapter in this bible however <laughs> specifically today i'm really excited about this one because i had a blast going through some of the study material that i went through and look forward to sharing some of what we both learned today so welcome 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 and welcome so 27 justin <laughs> kick us off bro let's do it Chapter 27, verse 1. Now it came about when Isaac was old and his eyes were too dim to see that he called his older son Esau and said to him, My son. And he said to him, Here I am. Then Isaac said, Behold, now I am old and I do not know the day of my death. Now then, please take your gear, your quiver and your bow and go out to the field and hunt game for me and prepare a delicious meal for me such as I love. And bring it to me that I may eat, so that my soul may bless you before I die. And so really, if you go back to chapter 25, you can see and learn more about how Jacob and Esau came into this world. Yeah, so we see kind of in this first uh, few verses that Isaac feels like he's about to die, and so he wants to bless Esau before he does. But here um, it actually turns out that Isaac lives another 34 years uh, after the point recorded in this chapter. So he did not end up dying soon, actually. Like he thought he was very fascinating. Okay. I actually didn't, didn't know that he was living in a very challenging state then because he couldn't see. Right. Which were, which we'll come to see here in a second. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll just say that there, there's some, there's some heavy correlation between chapter 25 and 27, you know, uh, chapter 25 mentions that Isaac loved Esau because Isaac had a taste for game. And then here you can specifically see Isaac requesting Esau to go hunt for some game and then prepare a delicious meal such that Isaac could bless Esau before Isaac dies. And so that's ultimately uh, where we're at right now. And so Isaac is made a request of Esau to do some stuff so that Isaac can ultimately bless, give his blessing before he died which seems to be a customary tradition of the day. So Justin, any other thoughts before we move on to verse five? Nope. Okay. Verse five. Now Rebecca was listening while Isaac spoke to his son Esau. So when Esau went to the field to hunt for game to bring home, Rebecca said to her son, Jacob, behold, I heard your father speak to your brother Esau saying, Bring me some game and prepare a delicious meal for me so that I may eat and bless you in the presence of the Lord before my death. 
So now, my son, listen to me as I command you. Go now to the flock and bring me two choice young goats from there, so that I may prepare them as a delicious meal for your father, such as he loves. Then you shall bring it to your father that he may eat, so that he may bless you before his death. But Jacob said to his mother, Rebekah, Behold, my brother Esau is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. Perhaps my father will touch me. Then I will be like a deceiver in his sight, and I will bring upon myself a curse and not a blessing. But his mother said to him, Your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my voice and go. Get the goats for me. So he went and got them and brought them to his mother. And his mother made a delicious meal, such as his father loved. Then Rebekah took the best garments of her elder son Esau, which were with her in the house, and put them on her younger son Jacob. And she put the skins of young goats on his hands and on the smooth part of his neck. She also gave the delicious meal and the bread which she had made to her son, Jacob. That kind of reminds me of you. You're a smooth man. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was actually <laughs> funny that you say that. <laughs> I think we have a little Jacob and Esau action right here. Um, <laughs> minus your red hair. Uh, never mind that, though. <laughs> never mind my smoothness. Uh, <laughs> Justin, did you have any other thoughts? <laughs> yes. Um... I feel like that everybody involved, like all four characters here, are all at fault in what's going on. Even though I want to address at first Jacob and Rebecca, uh, because that they're at fault for their deception and lying, right? So at first, I mean, Re Rebecca is the brains behind the operation because Jacob wasn't sure at first if he didn't want to participate. I see his uncertainty not as like a morality guilt type thing, but like as like doubt that they could pull it off, right? But Rebecca was reassuring him because she was willing to take the curse in case the plan was not successful. Also, Rebecca here is able to make goat's milk taste like wild or goat's meat uh, taste like wild game. So she's she's very clever, right? We're gonna see that. Um, also, in reference to Isaac. I, he's at fault here too, because I'm making an assumption, like he should have known about God's prophecy. I'm making the assumption that his wife, Rebecca told him and that maybe he was neglected. Like the scripture doesn't say that. Right. right. But I'm making the assumption that she told him or either. I mean, if she didn't tell him, why didn't she tell him? Was he not like, I mean, he obviously, I feel like does not have some level of spiritual sensitivity here that he should have been in communication with his wife about God's prophecy, but it's possible that she did tell him he knew about it and he just really liked his older son. So he's acting in contradiction with God's will. The scriptures don't clarify these things. So that's why I speculated a couple different things could be going on either way. I, I see him uh, though, as, as not being the best, like not being an innocent character here is how I see it. Um, and so also, though, lastly, Esau, um, Esau had already made an oath, right, to give his birthright to Jacob when they when they had that exchange for the food. Um, and then also, 
Esau was in a sense disqualifying himself when he was marrying the, these women of Canaan instead of marrying women that would follow the one true God with him, like Abraham um, got an Isaac, a wife for Isaac uh, from back home. And so anyway. Yeah, this is a really interesting section because like you mentioned in verse, in chapter 25, verse 22, we're going back to t chapter 25 now. We're in 27, we're going back to 25. Verse 22, going back, let's go back to verse 21. Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was unable to have children. And the Lord answered him and his wife, Rebecca, conceived. But the children struggled together within her. And she said, if it is so, why am I in this condition? So she went to inquire of the Lord. So it sounds like there's, she's having some really challenging pregnancy situations between these twins that have inside of her. So there's a struggle between these children. And that's, this is Jacob and Esau. And so she goes, she inquires of the Lord, verse 23. And the Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb and the two peoples will be separated from your body. And one people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. Now, obviously, the older the older will serve the younger. That's it was customary at the time for the eldest son to for everybody. It sounds like to serve the el oldest son, whereas God's basically telling. Rebecca, hey, that's not going to be the case here. The older will serve the younger. I mean, the oldest son will serve the younger son. Well, in this case, we have Esau, who's the oldest. A prophecy of Esau, the oldest, serving his younger brother, Jacob. I agree. I suspect Rebecca told her husband about this. You know, I suspect she didn't keep this a secret. And so... Now, going into what Rebecca's doing here, the big question is this that I have. Rebecca is masterminding this plan so that Jacob receives the blessing, the younger son receives his father's blessing, not Esau. Now, obviously, that's very deceptive, to say the least, right? Tricking and ultimately lying to somebody would seem to be an indication that Rebecca is, is trying to force this to happen, right? Maybe she had this prophecy and she believed in this prophecy and she was, she had maybe, maybe her, her intentions were good in the sense that she wanted to see this prophecy fulfilled. However, she seems to have gone about it in all the wrong way. And so, um, and like you said earlier, Jacob feels now. So the question, the question that comes up is, was Rebecca being fully, is, was this a selfish motive or was this potentially a, a, a good intention motive? What was it exactly? Now, of course, we learned earlier that Rebecca has favoritism towards Jacob as well. You mentioned what we're going to, 
you know, what we've learned about previously and what we're going to learn about a little bit more that Rebecca didn't like Esau's wives, his eldest son's wives. And so there's multiple stuff going on here. And Rebecca, regardless, I, I take from this passage that she, she likely didn't have to go this route, right? She didn't need to go this route, but in her desire for her, for this prophecy ultimately to be fulfilled, she went about this route. To me, it seems clear that this, there's some sinning going on <laughs> right here. Okay. So uh, I think this would be a note not to force things. You know what I mean? Listen, God can, God's, a prophecy from God's going to happen no matter you, whether you sin or don't sin, you know? And I would also, ends, yeah. Sorry, I just want to say, yeah, the ends don't justify the means. Um, it's important for us to avoid sin, like you're saying. Yeah. Now, Jacob, he has some hesitation here. We see in verse 11, but Jacob said to his mother, Rebecca, this is chapter 27, behold, my brother Esau is a hairy man and I'm a smooth man. Perhaps my father will touch me. Then I will be like a deceiver in his sight and I will bring upon a curse and not a blessing. So Jacob's not exactly excited about this plan. I like what you said. I mean, is he not excited about this plan because he's going to be lying to his dad? Or is he not excited about this plan because he's worried he's going to get caught? You know? To me, it seems that he's worried he's going to be caught. Not that he has this... He might have an internal struggle, right? His conscience might be... The Holy Spirit might be getting at him a little bit like, hey, you know, you shouldn't do this. But... Um, And he definitely doesn't want to get a curse, you know, because they took these blessings and curses very seriously and for good reason, right? I mean, there's people previously that we learned about in Genesis that were had blessings and curses. And ultimately those blessings and curses did in fact come true. And so, um, which is kind of interesting that he, that he brings that up. Any other thoughts, Justin? Yeah, I mean, this event, either way, uh, just caused significant family conflict and separation. Uh, and it was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back as far as family conflict goes for this family. I'll just say this. This is reminiscent of God's promise to Abraham and Sarah that they would have a child. And then Sarah ultimately giving Hagar to Abraham to make God's prophecy ultimately um, come true in her way. And so there, just like there was a lack of faith, it seems with Abraham and Sarah, specifically Sarah, Rebecca seems to have a lack of faith also in this kind of forcing the situation in this situation. So there's some, there's some parallels here, I think, between those two. For show. Show, for show, for show. Okay, 18. 18, okay. Verse 18, then he came to his father and said, my father, and he said, here I am. Who are you, my son? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Come now, sit and eat of my game so that you may bless me. 
Isaac said to his son, how is it that you have, have it so quickly, my son? And he said, because the Lord your God made it come to me. Then Isaac said to Jacob, please come close so that I may feel you, my son, whether you are really my son Esau or not. So Jacob came close to his father Isaac, and he touched him and said, the voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he didn't recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him. And he said, are you really my son Esau? And he said, I am. So he said, bring it to me and I will eat of my son's game that I may bless you. And he brought it to him and he ate. And he also brought him wine and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, please come close and kiss me, my son. So he came close and kissed him. And when he smelled the smell of his garments, he blessed him and said, see, the smell of my son is like the smell of the field, which the Lord has blessed. Now may God give you the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth and an abundance of grain and new wine. May people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be master of your brothers and you, your mother's sons, bow down to you. Cursed be those who curse you and blessed be those who bless you. Cool. Couple things to point out. I'm just putting myself in Jacob's position right now. Isaac is being very inquisitory right now. He's asking a lot of questions. I don't even know if inquisitory, I don't know if I'm saying that right word right, but he's asking a lot of questions. And Jacob has to lie like a ton of times in a row. That must have been brutal. Right. Your dad asking you all these questions like, hey, is this true? Yes, it's true, dad. Is this true? Yes, it's true, dad. Is this true? Yes, it's true, dad. That must have been really, really tough. I imagine that must have. That would have hit my conscience, but maybe 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 it wasn't in particular. The the, the points I'll note out is um, the first time Jacob lies is verse 19. I am your I am Esau, your firstborn. And then Isaac asked his son, how is it that you have it so quickly, my son? And he said, because the Lord your God made it come to me. I mean, I consider that a second lie. And then verse 24, and he said, are you really my son Esau? And he said, I am. And so, I mean, that's multiple lies. That's th three lies right there in a row. And then finally, verse 26, then his father Isaac said to him, please come close and kiss me, my son. So he came close and kissed him. So he's kissing his dad too. Kisses his dad with that lying mouth. So in the 21st century, what we do is we wash those lying mouths out with soap. Um, I'm not sure what they did back then, <laughs> but I would just say that that's, that's tough. You know, and that's, that's a bit reminiscent of Judas kissing Jesus before Judas sells Jesus out to the Pharisees. Uh, the other thing I'll add here is with regards to the, the blessing. I mean, this blessing is a super huge deal. Everyone's going nuts over this blessing right now. It is a very, very, very big deal. Uh, first off, blessings... Uh, these types of blessings were 
not only served, based upon my understanding of my reading, not only served as maybe a spiritual blessing, but also a, a ch almost like a transfer of, of legal ownership and you know, leadership of the family and assets and things like that as well. Um, based upon my reading with Dr. Constable, he's basically saying that if, that it's possible, it is possible that this blessing could have overrode Esau's own foolishness in giving up his birthright previously. It's possible, okay? And so this blessing's a, a, a big deal, uh, specifically with regards to, you know, verse 29 that I'll point out. May people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be masters of your brothers. And may your mother's sons bow down to you. Curse be those who curse you and bless be those who bless you. I mean, you're going to be master over your brothers. And so also with regards to these types of things, you know, um, oral contracts were seen as just as valuable as written contracts during the time. And so just because this isn't necessarily written down doesn't mean it wasn't, in fact, very binding. Justin. Well, you just stole everything I was going to say. <laughs> no, I'm just, no, just kidding. I liked uh, what you said. So I think as we see, just like in this story, um, which is true to real life, when you start with when you start with lies and deception, it takes more lies and more deception to keep up uh, the false reality that you portrayed. So Isaac was suspicious, uh, and so Jacob just went down this trail of lies. And obviously, it's a big deal, like you already mentioned. Like, it's one thing to lie, but then also he involves God in his lies, right? Like, well, God help me with this. And so that's bold. Uh, I guess he was already on that, that bad path. He had to stay, stay going on it. Um, but then and I, I want to talk a little bit about the, the prophecy or the, uh, the blessing that, that Isaac gave to Jacob in verse 29. So with that, uh, he actually repeats... So when it talks about this, uh, those will be cursed who curse you, those will be blessed who bless you, that's actually a repeat of what God told Abraham in Genesis 12, 3. So this is showing that the this is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The blessing that was with Abraham, the relationship that Abraham had with God was being passed down now. So that's a repeat of that blessing. And then the prophecy concerning Isaac, or sorry, Jacob and Esau's relationship in reference to that, that wasn't just their, their personal relationship or whatever, that, that was more of a prophecy of like the, the nations that were going to come out of them. And so we do see that Israel became the, the greater nation and uh, Edom, uh, which is the, the nation that came from Esau, was in submission to Israel as Israel was the greater nation, but eventually there were conflicts, and Edom did end up rebelling against Israel, and so there was the, the shedding of that yoke, or the breaking of that yoke, like Isaac said, but it still was not, um, Israel was still the, the superior nation once they got established. Um, so we, we, we see, when we, when we look what Isaac said, 
and we read through the rest of the Bible, we, we kind of see how that all fits together uh, and how history played out. Agreed. And I, I, I think also, you know, God is, even through other people's sin, God is able to make happen what ultimately he intends to happen. And so even though there's a lot of sinning going on here, God's will will ultimately be done, no matter what you, me, or anyone else ultimately do. And this is the this blessing is ultimately um, reaffirming ultimately the prophecy in chapter twenty five verse twenty three. And one people will will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. So this is a fulfillment ultimately of that. This is the beginning of the fulfillment. Ultimately, this you know this is all going to play out further on. But this this is one more step along that path. Okay. Verse 30, now it came about as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob and Jacob had hardly gone out from the presence of his father, Isaac, that his brother Esau came in from his hunting. Then he also made a delicious meal and brought it to his father. And he said to his father, let my father arise and eat of his son's game that you may bless me. His father's his father, Isaac said to him, who are you? And he said, I am your son, your firstborn Esau. Then Isaac trembled violently and said, who then was he who hunted game and brought it to me so that I ate from all of it before you came and blessed him? Yes, and he shall be blessed. When Esau heard the words of his father, he cried out with an exceedingly great and bitter cry. And he said to his father, Bless me as well, my father. And he said, your brother came deceitfully and has taken away your blessing. Then Esau said, is he not rightfully named Jacob for he has betrayed me these two times? He took away my birthright and behold, now he has taken away my blessing. And he said, have you not reserved a blessing for me? But Isaac replied to Esau, Behold, I have made him your master, and I have given to him all his relatives as servants. And with grain and new wine, I have sustained him. What then can I do for you, my son? Esau said to his father, Do you have only one blessing, my father? Bless me as well, my father. So Esau raised his voice and wept. Right, so with this section... Um... Kind of the main thing I see is that Esau was upset, but he he didn't live in such a way that he was trying to, I guess, receive this blessing from God. And and, and so what I want to do here is is I want to make a distinction between um, faith in reference to salvation and then living obediently for God, right? So, so we, we, we cannot earn our faith. It's all about trusting in Christ, trusting that he is the son of God and that he died on the cross to pay for our sins. Now, after we've done that, after we've trusted in Christ, there is this very real factor of obedience to God and that obedience bringing us blessing. Now, I don't know what blessings, ble being blessed by God can be different things. So I'm not I'm not saying this in a way to try to promise certain blessings, um, but what I'm, what I'm saying is that 
God still does give blessings and there there's, he has sometimes different blessings for different people and what that may look like. But the point is all through the Bible, there's this very real truth that if you act disobedient to God, he's not going to bless you. And so we see Esau acting just very disobedient and still boldly kind of hoping or expecting this blessing. Right. So, so Esau he didn't value his birthright, right? He despised his birthright. He didn't value kind of what that would have meant spiritually. And then he married the the, the Hittite women of, of, Can, of Canaan um, that he did not follow in the, in the, the habit of his father uh, and, and, and what he had done to avoid these, the, these Canaan uh, religious practices. He didn't do that. He wasn't concerned about that. So I just want to read real quick. Uh, Paul, or sorry, not Paul, the author of Hebrews addresses this in uh, Hebrews 12, verses 16 and 17. Uh, So this is the author. I'm going to read these two verses real quick. That there be no sexually immoral or godless person like Esau, who sold his own birthright for a single meal. For you know that even afterward, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no place for repentance, though he sought for it with tears. So he sold his birthright for a single meal. He didn't value spiritual things. Um, but also I, I think of here, I'm reminded of a story or reminded of when I was uh, like 13 years old. I remember that uh, I snuck out, got in a lot of trouble. Um, my dad was very mad. And in the midst of all the trouble, you know, when I was told my dad, I was sorry, I said, well, are you sorry that you actually did it? Or are you sorry that you got caught? And in that moment, I was actually just sorry I got caught. And so I'm wondering if Esau is not the same here, if he's just kind of sorry that he got caught. He's, he's sad, but I see the sadness as, oh man, I didn't receive a blessing that I wanted to receive. I don't see the sadness of, I let the living God down. I'm not spiritually where I should be so that I can glorify God with my life. And so there's definitely a lesson for us there uh, in reference to the sensitivity and the focus we need to have on spiritual things and honoring God. Totally. Absolutely love that. Oh, sneaking out. It's totally uncool, dude. Totally uncool. <laughs> look, uh, I, look, it was totally, yeah, no, I, I got busted. It was dumb. Yeah. Yeah. I think all 13 year olds at one time or another sneak out. I'm not, it's, it's, it's a sin. I'm not condoning it. I, I always asked my parents permission before I snuck out actually. <laughs> you were that clever. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of things to note here. Also to add on to everything that you just said, you see Esau recounting all the times chase Jacob essentially there's the battle between Jacob and Esau. He recounts all three times, right? First, whenever they were born, Jacob was ultimately grabbing on to Esau's heel and was basically, basically what um, Esau's saying here is, hey, he was properly named at that time. Then, and there's that struggle. Remember that struggle in the womb between these two nations inside of Rebecca's belly. Number two, the birthright. And then number three, as you can see, 
the stolen blessing. So Jacob has a, a bit of a reputation, a history of deceiving and fighting with his older brother. Which we will see in the coming chapters, there will be there will be good uh, retribution retribution <laughs> for, uh, for for Jacob's deception. What comes around goes around quite often, and so there's that, and then I think you also see Isaac. In a way, when Esau is asking for these additional blessings, Isaac, I think at this point, throws his hands up in the air and is like, you know what? God's prophecy, what God wants to be to be done, will be done. You don't really see Isaac fighting here too much. While these types of bl blessings, based upon my research, are irrevocable, even still... I mean, Isaac says a couple things here that just seem seem like he potentially, if Rebecca had told Isaac of the prophecy, then I think Isaac at this point is is likely recognizing that, and he's just completely like, you know what, this is the way ultimately God intended it, and you see that specifically in verse. 33 then Isaac trembled violently and said who then was was he who hunted game and brought it to me so that I may so that I ate from all of it before you came and blessed him yes and he shall be blessed I mean I guess this could also this could be a couple things this could be hey Isaac understands the irrevocable nature of this blessing well at the same time this I you know there's there's not a whole lot of fight here he's basically like listen your other brother got blessed this is ultimately how it all played out and he doesn't specifically reference the prophecy, but there seems to be a decent amount of indication that he might have understood the prophecy and finally thrown up his hands and finally just been like, God, you win what your your will be done. This is how it's going to be. No blessing for no blessing for you, uh, Esau. It's all going to your brother. Verse 39. Then his father Isaac answered and said to him, Behold, away from the fertility of the earth, shall be your dwelling and away from the dew of heaven from above and by your sword you shall live and you shall serve your brother but it shall come about when you become restless that you will break his yoke from your neck i'm seeing a little bit of i, I don't want to call this a curse i would you know because this is a specifically reference as a curse but he's prophesying, you know, the future as well, uh, right here. I see, yeah, I see the first part that um, I see. I see both a, a curse and a blessing. The curse by your sword you shall live, and you shall serve your brother, and that goes down to like I mean I think that goes into the Edomites and how they were just a very. Uh, war like their their history contains a whole lot of war and and battling and then also like i said before they were an inferior nation to israel but then here comes the blessing but it shall come about when you become restless you'll break his yoke from your neck so further in history when they have a higher level of independence from israel 
Right. Verse 41. So Esau held a grudge against Jacob because the blessing with which his father had blessed him. And Esau said to himself, the days of mourning for my father are near. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. Now, when the words of her elder son Esau were reported to Rebekah, she sent word and called her younger son Jacob and said to him, Behold, your brother Esau is consoling himself concerning you by planning to kill you. Now then, my son, obey my voice and arise. Flee to Haran, to my brother Laban. Stay with him a few days until your brother's fury subsides, until your brother's anger against you subsides, and he forgets what you did to him. Then I will send word and get you from there. Why should I lose you both in one day? And Rebekah said to Isaac, I am tired of living because of the daughters of Heth. If Jacob takes a wife from the daughters of Heth, like these from the daughters of the land, what good will my life be to me? Looks like Jacob's going to be taking a little trip to Laban. A lot going on here. Um, I think Rebecca's plan ultimately backfired in a sense because now his now her favorite son's leaving leaving the home leaving the ranch and according from based upon my study I don't think she ever sees him again that's the last time that that she ever sees him so did she have to go about all this trickery to make sure that God's prophecy ultimately happened I don't think so does, does God call us to sin to make sure that his will be done? That doesn't sound right to me. I don't think so. So, um, you know, our sin is a, is a choice that we ultimately make. Uh, it specifically says in the Bible that God doesn't tempt anybody to sin. So, anyways, this is a tough, this is a tough consequence. You know, for mother never to see, you know, th this, this couple day trip, you know, verse 44, stay with him a few days until your brother's fury subsides, until your brother's anger against you subsides and he forgets what you did to him. Then I will send word and get you from there. Why should I lose you both in one day? She ends up losing them both in one day. I mean, he's gone. He's not killed, but... He's, you know, he's gone, you know, and so she doesn't get to spend that time with him ultimately. And as we'll learn later, we'll, we'll you know, Jacob spends a lot of time with Laban, but yeah, that's, that's tough. Justin. Yes. Yeah, so we saw here uh, in this section that. Uh, Esau thought his father was going to die really soon as well because he talked about talking about a mourning period for his father. Um, and you also like Rebecca heard what Esau was planning and then got scared. And so um, that's why she decides to send Jacob away so that he won't get killed. And so one of the things based on what I was reading about what Rebecca meant by lose you both was that potentially. So if I, if Esau would have killed Jacob somebody would have had the responsibility to avenge Jacob's death, it appears. Maybe a family member, maybe she believes God would do it. it that's uncertain. But culturally, it appears that someone would have avenged uh, Jacob's death by killing Esau, and then she would have lost both her sons. Um, but as we see, Rebecca continues to be clever. And so she comes up with a reason for Isaac to send 
Jacob away. Instead of just sending Jacob away, like secretly or whatever, she comes up with this reason to pitch to Isaac about why he should, about why Isaac should send him away. And she connects it back to Esau's marriage with the, the Canaanite women um, that it talks about the daughters of Heth, which is believed to be Hittite Canaanite women. Um, and so, like you said, her decisions impacted her and that in the, after this, she never saw her son uh, Jacob again. And so we just kind of see this, this, this marriage between Isaac and Rebecca toward the end, they don't have this unity and just kind of what kind of negative consequences that has in raising uh, these children. Right. That's a great point. I originally took verse 45 as meaning losing both her husband and Jacob in one day. But I think your reading makes more sense with regards to both Jacob and Esau. So thank you for bringing that up. Super good. And I agree with 46. That is a very clever move of Rebecca to ultimately get Jacob out of the house. Yeah. So in summary, one thing, I, one thing that I think is interesting to look at before we wrap up is the beginning of Jacob's journey. We're kind of starting to dip into Jacob's life, you know, more and more here, and we're going to learn more and more about that in the future. So there's actually a cool map that was put together showing the places that Jacob ultimately travels. So we see here, Jacob flees from Esau's threats and he's traveling all the way up to Haran where he's there with his uncle Laban. This is Rebecca's brother. Yeah. To wrap up, I mean, to summarize this whole entire section, I think this is very, <laughs> there's a little bit of drama in the family in this whole episode. You know, there's a lot going on here. A lot of deception, lies, favoritism. This is a tough, this is a tough deal. You know, Isaac didn't, you know, we all make mistakes, but I think Isaac, there's a good chance that he could have somehow worked this out to not ultimately end up like this. He might've been asleep at the wheel as the leader of the family that ultimately resulted in a lot of this crazy stuff happening. So I'm not going to throw Isaac under the bus too much. You know, Isaac wasn't, you know, it's hard, you know, but he clearly, I think, I think he had some part to play in all of what happens here. And I think this is a really good, um, series of events that highlight God's will will be done whether we sin or not sin. And I think we're really just causing ourselves more challenges in the future whenever we sin. You see, ultimately, every, everyone leaves this situation a loser is the way I see it. You know, we got a lot of losers in this, in this group. So... Heat of warning. 
whenever you're trying to force things to happen, even if you have good intentions, definitely don't recommend that. Recommend you be patient and you prayerful and do what God calls, calls you to do. And don't lie. Justin, any final thoughts? Yeah, I'd like to echo what you said. I really like that. So, you know, we should not try to gain God's blessings uh, through deceit. Um, we should live by faith by prioritizing having good character uh, in order to glorify God and then trusting him with the outcome for that. Um, you know, I mean, God can do more with, with Christians of good character than stubborn ones who are trying to force a certain thing to happen. Um, and just kind of with this, I see uh, God acts counterculturally sometimes. And that's been, um, that's been a big lesson for me to learn. So in this chapter, we see that, you know, God didn't choose the older son, right? And this was a very difficult countercultural thing to understand. And I think that just as Christians and whatever culture we're in, we kind of see, we interpret the Bible through our cultural lens. And a lot of times we'll have cultural expectations or, you know, morality intertwined with how we read the Bible. Um, and then that's a natural thing that everybody uh, struggles with. And so we see here that God works counterculturally. And so this is just a lesson to try to be sensitive about, you know, what does the Bible actually say? Um, and sometimes God may be doing something that seems so culturally odd to you, but we want to be faithful to him and follow him anyway. And just the last thing I want to say um, that you were talking about with Isaac, I think that Isaac started off on a way better path. Um, you know, he started off, we, we see him more in earnest prayer, more trusting God and, and, and following him and some of those things. And then this is, you know, at the end of his life and we just see him <clears throat> not uh at a spiritual high that it used to be at a spiritual level and so it's just evidence that we need to guard ourselves from getting off track i think that uh there's definitely been times in my life when i felt like i had grown spiritually and then kind of had this false assurance of like okay well i'm good now you know i've i've read a lot of the bible i've studied a lot of so i'm good now and it's like no you're no you're not like it, you've got to really be careful um, about having just good, good Christian habits in place and not letting those habits slip um, so that you can continue to grow spiritually uh, and, and instead of, you know, digress or, or whatever it may be. And so, um, yeah, just continuing to have that spiritual sensitivity um, so that we can end well, right? So we saw uh, with Solomon, Solomon started off strong as well. And then later on in life, made terrible decisions. And so um, right. one of the things, you know, you can do, uh, well, one of the practical things, uh, me and Henry both have accountability partners that we talk to once a week. And so that's just great to, that's been very helpful for me uh, in reference to my spiritual walk with the Lord when I have to own up. Um, and me and Henry are both accountability partners with each other and talk to each other all the time. And so I know that, when I do something stupid or I sin during the week, I know I'm going to have to own up to Henry uh, when I talk to him about it. I'm going to have to feel like an idiot. Mm -hmm. And so that's motivation to not do that. 
And it's just helpful um, as just part of having good Christian habits to have an accountability partner, um, have someone that can help us to, to make sure that we're not slipping um, or just keeping like another one that's big for me that I struggle with is consistently spending time with God in prayer, just what I call a quiet time, just a brief Bible reading and then prayer. Um, that's, that's difficult sometimes for me to stay consistent in, but it's, it makes a big difference when I do. And so, um, someone told once, never think that you're too far to fall. Um, as we've learned from the life of Jacob. Yeah, I agree. Sometimes we, we read about these old people in the Bible and you can disassociate them with people that, you know, with us today, right? I mean, these Jacob, Isaac, Esau, they were guys just like us, right? They lived a long time ago, but they lived pretty, you know, the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun, right? So there might be new technology or whatever, but, you know, there's everything from relationships with your family to dating relationships to work, all that stuff exists back then. Anyways, I don't want to look to these people and and have this condemning eye in which, you know, we uh, disassociate ourselves with them. I mean, me and Justin are, are like, just like you said, we're like a second away from doing anything, doing something stupid, you know what I mean? Just like these guys are. So you constantly have to be on guard. Just a word of caution. So very cool. Well, I absolutely love this study. Thank you, Justin, for imparting all that wisdom. Thank today. you. You. Thank thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank me. Guys. You. Me. This guy right here. Um love it. Thanks everybody. Hope everyone has an awesome, amazing rest of their day. And we'll see you in the next one. See yous. Peace.